Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland and all around the world. Thank you for joining us for the program today. We have a great subject matter, honor. Very deep quality honor is, isn't it? Please listen to this clip about the name of Jesus. When we are there, and Jesus Christ in Revelation, the fifth chapter, the lion of the tribe of Judah comes out in the hallmark of human history on the drama of life. And he appears on the stage of eternity. And in the third verse of the fifth chapter, when John opened the book, or the father rather, opened the book, and John was there, and no man was able to take the book or break the seals thereof. And John said that I wept. And he said, all the multitudes of people were weeping. No one, absolutely no one, was able to take the book and break the seals thereof. It was a hopeless case of all the multitudes that were gathered in that scene in heaven. No one could take that book. And then he said, finally, the lion of the tribe of Judah came on the stage in human history the greatest personage ever to appear on the platform of, of exposure. And Jesus Christ came out and went up to the Father, and the Father gave him that book. And he took the book, and he opened the seals, and he regained our title deed back to the earth in its perfection. And we once again had in the hands of our champion, Jesus Christ, the title deed to everything our first Adam sold out. Now our second Adam, who already has given us that earnest, has already given us that inheritance, but then as the champion of champions, the lion of the tribe of Judah, takes that book with multitudes weeping, and immediately, in the spontaneity of praise, they go into a new song. A song of the redeemed. A song that they had never sung before about the blood in Revelation 5, 8, and 9. And they step out on the platform, and here's our, here's our Savior. Here's that name before us in His personage. And here they are. They're weeping because they couldn't take the title deed. Now turns into a new song. Praise God. And they sing. And he said, for my name's sake, for my name's sake, I defer my anger. For my praise, he said, I will not cut thee off. And then he said, behold... I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. Jesus said, listen, I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. That's when I chose you. It's when you were in affliction, I chose you. Why? For my name's sake. For my, because I'm Savior. Because as the anointed one of God, I chose you to show you the grace of my Saviorhood, to show you the love of my anointed Godhood. And he said, for my name's sake, he said, 
I chose you in the furnace of affliction. Hundreds and thousands of people have to be put into a furnace of affliction before they know that this has happened. When you get saved, you're chosen, and you were before the foundation of the world in Ephesians 1.4. But many can't experience what it means. They can't experience being saved. They can't experience the anointing until they get in an affliction. So the Lord allows them to get in a furnace of affliction, and then they know they have been chosen because grace and love and mercy and patience and peace and power comes into their experience. They know they have been chosen. And in verse 11, for mine own sake, even my own sake will I do it. It'll be because Jesus Christ is not going to share his glory with another. And he says in verse 11, And I will not give my glory unto another. Hearken unto me, O Jacob and Israel, my called. Notice that. Hearken unto me, my call. I am he. I am the first. I also am the last. I am the one. And in verse 14, Assemble yourselves and hear. The, the Lord hath loved him. And he said, Listen. It's not the devil that's going to be glorified because you, you've gone downhill. It's not the devil that's going to be able to say he took you away on a trip and you couldn't get back. It's not the devil that's going to be able to say he ruined your life and you could never be redeemed. The devil will not be allowed to say that because Jesus is the first word and he's going to be the last word in your life. Why? For his name's sake. For his own sake. He's sovereign. He's God. And he will not share his glory, his power, his sovereign execution of grace with demons or devils. They may be used by him to put us in the furnace, but they can't keep us in the furnace. We'll only come out as refined silver and gold. And by the grace of God, every true child of God must more and more experience what it means to pray in His name, to sing in His name. And they must understand what it means that He's going to give them love and grace and favor for His name's sake. And He's going to give them victory for His sake. He's going to finish what He started in Philippians 1.6 because He's all-powerful, not the devil. Jesus said, My Father is greater than you all. In John 10, 29 through 30 and 31. Greater than all. And for His name's sake, He will perfect us. He will complete us. He will reconcile us. He will bring us and draw us near. He will give us victory over, over alcohol and, and sin or emotional problems or, or fear or lust or pride. He will. For His name's sake, He has His name above us, and He's claiming us. And He says in John 10:4, My sheep hear My voice, and they follow Me. We follow His voice. And this week, remember that Jesus Christ is in front of us. And if the devil is going to get at us, he has to get at Jesus. He's in front and as long as you remain a follower of Jesus, 
you'll have no problem having to take the devil's attack. Thank you for tuning in. If you can, don't forget to send a tax-deductible gift to us. Your generous donation made to our program promotes this broadcast and ones like it going out on the Internet and broadcast on local stations throughout the United States. So please prayerfully consider what you can give. Find out how to give your donation at www.graceandpublic.com. The honor of the redeemed. How the redeemed person honors. When we know the name of Jesus Christ, we know what he's accomplished, the depth of it. We, gr- we begin to grow in that, in an understanding of the real character and nature of Jesus Christ and what he's done, the impact of it, the importance of it, the value of it. In Psalm 112, starting in verse 1, it talks about the honor code that a righteous man has. It says, Praise ye the Lord, blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, and that delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty among the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteousness. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. For the righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid. Until he see his desire upon his enemies. He hath dispersed, he hath given to the poor. His righteousness endureth forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. Now why is this? Why? We all know that honor has to do with accomplishment. It really does. They're, they're intrinsically linked together. We honor those who are accomplished in some way. The prize goes to the victor. And respect is earned, isn't it? And though we talk about the grace economy, it's very important to understand that grace unmerited favor is built upon a foundation, upon a foundation of righteousness. John 8, starting in verse 54. Jesus answered, If I honored myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is God. And he talks about this in a couple of places, about not honoring himself, but instead the Father honors him. And he lived a life, this is the amazing thing, that Christ lived a sinless life, but Christ lived a life honoring the Father. And he did it perfectly. He did it perfectly. He he was focused on the Father. He did the Father's will. He was in communion with the Father. He understood the Father like no man ever has. He understood God. And he exalted God for who who he is and who and in, in every situation he reflected that character and nature. And because of that, God the Father honored him. And he answered his prayer, answered every one of his prayers. There was not one that came to him sick that Jesus prayed for that that left sick. They were healed. God honored 
his son. Jesus in Philippians 2, starting in verse 8, And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name. Psalm 21, starting in verse 4, He asked life of thee, and thou gavest it him even length of days forever and ever. His glory is great in thy salvation. Honor and majesty hast thou laid upon him. For thou hast made him most blessed forever. Thou hast made him exceeding glad with thy countenance. Oh, this is, this is Christ exalted. This is Christ forever resurrected, seated at the right hand of his Father on high. He honored the plan of his father perfectly. And it was a great accomplishment. It was the accomplishment of accomplishments. To honor his father perfectly, his plan so perfectly, that he would go and he would die on a cross. That he would die a sinless death. The most amazing accomplishment ever accomplished by anyone. And he's exalted into the highest position anyone could ever have. Name above all names, above principalities and powers, all things have been put under subjection to him. Amazing. And so this is the accomplishment of the Son. Now, can we ever attain to that? No, it's only been accomplished once. It talks about it in Hebrews. This is, this is a salvation was purchased and was purchased once by one perfect man. And it never needs to be done again. And he honored his father perfectly. As a man, he honored God perfectly. In perfect honor, he kept the whole law. And this is amazing, that he made every good decision. Adam made one bad decision. And it brought all of mankind under sin. And we make one good decision. And that one good decision is the highest accomplishment any other person could ever make, could ever do, is that we believe in Jesus Christ. We invest our trust in him. And because of that, we are established. It says in Job 36, starting in verse 5, Behold, God is mighty and despises not any. He is mighty in strength and wisdom. He preserveth not the life of the wicked, but giveth right to the poor. He withdraweth not his eyes from the righteous, but with kings are they on the throne. Yea, he doth establish them forever, for they are exalted. Second Timothy 2, verse 19, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. 1 Samuel 2, verse 30. Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, Be it far from me, for them that honoreth me I will honor, and them that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. And so we honor, we, we, have a, we are under grace and unmerited favor because one man accomplished and was exalted to the honorable position, and has, ex and has drawn us to himself 
in the decision that we've made to invest our life and trust in Jesus Christ, we have been given a position of exalted honor. And as honored ones, we honor. We honor. When the depth of the salvation and its magnitude comes into our consciousness, when we understand what the name of Jesus Christ is, what he's done, what he's done for us, what he's done for all mankind, what he's done in history. And we esteem each other very highly. We see each other as having great worth. We see others as having great worth. And we honor them for, for what they do, for, for how they are. We, we, we bestow abundant honor on one another. Not in reality because of their little accomplishments, but in the great accomplishment of Jesus Christ, in the light of that, we see people and appreciate them for who they are. And it's very easy then to recognize what they do and recognize the life of God shining through them and to recognize the potential in those that don't yet know him and to recognize them as creations, magnificent and wonderful, that he has made for his glory. We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is www.graceinpublic.com Yes, to honor is a very high thing, to honor one another. And when we're in those situations, when we're around people, when we're around organizations that do that very well, there's a sense of dignity, isn't there? There's a sense of that, that people and what they do matter. And we want to have that in our life. I know I do. I want to have that. I don't want to be so occupied with myself. I want to appreciate those great people around me, those accomplished people, those wonderful people who, not so much what they've done, but who they are, and honor them. Honor them when they make good decisions. Honor them as they go forward in the call that God has on their life. Honor them when they work hard. Honor them when they suffer for Christ's sake. God wants to honor you. And you may say, wow, for me, I've fallen very far short. Things that are done. Why would God want to honor me? God loves you. He wants you to make the right decision. He wants you to know Him. And the way that you'll know Him is by receiving Christ as your Savior. It is the highest decision any any person could make. It means, in one sense, death to your old life. It means that all that you've done up until this point really has paled in comparison to what God has done. And you come to a place where the cross nullifies your righteousness, your life, and says you have nothing to give God through your own personal goodness. But instead, you turn your eyes upon Jesus and honor him, honor what he's done. God the Father honors his Son. He holds him in the highest esteem. And everything else is considered honored and esteemed very lightly by God the Father in comparison to that honor that he has 
for the person of Jesus Christ? Will you honor Christ? Will you make that decision to receive that high payment of salvation? Blood was shed for you that you would know God. Will you receive it? Will you receive that gift today? Pray a prayer with me. Lord, I honor what you've done on my behalf. I don't tread underfoot the blood of Jesus Christ, but instead I am in awe and I ask you, put that on my account. I believe that he died, shed his blood, was buried, rose again, all so that I could know you, all so that anyone who invested their faith in you could know you. And I and I esteem that highly today. And I come to you and I ask you to come into my life. Cleanse me. I believe in you. Help me. And I ask this, Father, in Jesus' name. And if you prayed that prayer, then God has done something in your life. He's cleansed you. If you prayed it and believed it and really you made a decision in your life, God has done something in your life taken you out of the kingdom of darkness, put you into the kingdom of his dear son, where you are covered and you are under the covering of the name of Jesus Christ.